So why is, why is you shall not covet the odd one out? The clue's in the picture. It's a thought bubble. It's the odd one out because it's the only commandment about what we think. All the other commandments are about stuff that God says, you must do this or you must not do that. Now we've got to one where God says, you must not think like that. It's the odd one out commandment. It is about what we think. But what is coveting? And why is it against God's law? And how do followers of Jesus make sure that they try to keep this commandment today? That is what we're thinking about today as we get to the end of our story through the Ten Commandments. Do you remember where we are in the big Bible story, okay? So God has rescued his people from Egypt. He's taken them through the Red Sea. He's given Moses the Ten Commandments, the Ten Rules for Life for God's people, the best way to live at Mount Sinai. And then they've spent a long time wandering around in the desert. And then they get to the edge of the Promised Land and Moses preaches a sermon. That is what the book of Deuteronomy is. It's a sermon. And in the middle of that sermon, he says, remember the Ten Commandments. Here they are. This is the best way to live. And then after that, Jesus comes along and, and one day Jesus, somebody says to Jesus, which is the most important commandment? And Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbour as yourself. These are the two, this is, there is no other commandment greater than these. And so God's law still counts for us today as we follow Jesus. And that includes commandment number 10, you shall not covet you shall not think like that but what is coveting why is it wrong what is the opposite how can we live like that instead two lessons to learn this morning both are about what is happening inside our hearts here's the first one coveting says god's not good he hasn't given me that coveting says god's not good he hasn't given me that do you remember our story about naboth and Ahab. What did King Ahab want? Who wants to tell me what did King Ahab want? It's there in the picture. He wanted a vineyard. He wanted a vineyard. It was right next to his palace. And who owned the vineyard? A man called Naboth. And Ahab said to Naboth, sell me your vineyard. I'll give you a good price. Or maybe I'll give you a better one. We can just swap it. I'd like to use your vineyard for a vegetable, vegetable garden. It didn't seem like a very bad thing to do, did it? Say, so, look, I'd quite like to buy that. What's the price? But inside of Ahab's heart, there was coveting. He was thinking, I don't just want any vineyard. I want that vineyard for myself, even though it belongs to Naboth. What did Naboth say? Naboth said, no. You can't have my vineyard. I'm not selling it. It's not for sale. So what did Ahab do? He went home and he had a big, a big sulk. He got into bed and he sulked. And he said, it's not fair. I want that vineyard. I've told him I'll buy it with a good price or I'll give him a better one. And he said, no. And he had a jolly big old suck. He was angry. He was really angry. The coveting inside his heart made him angry. And then along came his wife. Who can remember what his wife's name is? Jezebel. Along comes Jezebel. 
and Jezebel says, I'll get you that vineyard. This is what you've got to do. Write um, a, uh, say that there's going to be a festival, a day of fasting, and invite Naboth and tell him to sit in the most important place with all the other important people around and then get two bad people, two liars to come along and tell lies about Naboth and say that he's cursed you, the king, and he's cursed God. And then what you can do is you can get rid of Naboth and then you can have the vineyard. And so coveting leads to anger, leads to lies. And then what happens? Well, they took Naboth outside the city and they stoned him to death. They killed him. And then Jezebel went home and she said, it's all right. We've got rid of Naboth. Go and have the vineyard. And so that's what Ahab did. So can you see what happened? Coveting led to anger, led to lies, led to murder, led to theft. Ahab wouldn't have murdered and stolen if he hadn't first had coveting in his heart. Because coveting says, God's not good. He hasn't given me that. Coveting always leads to evil. That's what the story of Ahab and Naboth shows us. But just a moment. Maybe you're thinking, let's just press pause a moment. Does, does this mean that I'm not allowed to want stuff? Does the commandment, you shall not covet, mean I'm not allowed to say I quite like one of those? Doesn't mean that. You shall not covet does not mean you shall not want. It's not wrong to want to live in a nice house, to want to do well at school, to want to earn money, to want to get married or have children, to want to have people at work say to us, well done, you've done a great job, or to be able to go on holiday. It's not wrong to want stuff. God gives us every good thing to enjoy. But coveting is always wrong, because coveting says not just I want stuff, I want to enjoy stuff that God has made. Coveting says I want that thing that belongs to that person. And coveting says, God, I could have shared out your creation much better than you. I think you should have given that thing to me instead of them. Coveting says in our heart, God's not good. He hasn't given me that. Well, here are some ideas about the evil that coveting leads to. Coveting makes us greedy. Jesus said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Coveting makes us greedy. Coveting also um, makes us not pray or makes us not pray very well at all. So James says to some Christians who are coveting, he says, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So coveting makes us not pray or not pray very well. Makes us pray selfishly. Coveting can even make us give up on God. Paul says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs because we say, money is my number one instead of God. And so we just wander away from God little bit by little bit. It doesn't have to be money. It could be doing well at school. It could be um, anything, coveting something can make us wander away from God. So can you see, as we look at this commandment, that commandment number 10 is actually quite like commandment number 1. You shall not covet is a bit like you shall have no other gods 
before me. The Bible even says that greed is idolatry. If we love something more than we love God, then we're worshipping a pretend God. You see, that is why God says it matters how you think. Coveting says God's not good. He hasn't given me that. So how do we keep this commandment as followers of Jesus today? What do we do instead of coveting? What is the opposite? That's what we're going to think about now. It is contentment. Contentment says God is great. He's given me enough. God is great. He's given me enough. Do you remember the first half of our talk we had learnt about a man who coveted? In the second reading we learn about a man who was content. And his name was Paul. And this is what he said in our reading. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Has anyone written a thank you letter recently? Anyone written a thank you letter? Evan, you've written a thank you letter. Who did you write a thank you letter to? It's just people who bought you birthday presents. Brilliant. You wrote a thank you letter to your friend. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. And this is part of a thank you letter. So Paul is writing a thank you letter to a church in Philippi because they've sent him money. And he's saying thank you for that. But he's also wanting them to know that he's content with what he's got. He's not coveting their stuff. He says... I have learned the secret of being content. It didn't come naturally. A bit like, I guess, for Ali. He had to learn how to be an artist. So we need to learn to be content. Now, I'm going to ask for some volunteers to help me think about what it means to be content. I've got four paper bags with four letters on them. And inside the paper bags are some sweets. There's a different number of sweets in each paper bag. So you're just going to pick a letter and see how many you get. And we're going to figure out whether you're content or not. Okay? So who wants to have a go? Lots of... Ha- uh, yeah, Mariana, come, up, come on up. And um, Mimi, why don't you come? And Toby. Actually, no, Toby, you've asked a question. Caleb, why don't you come up instead? Sorry. And I'm just trying to find people. Elijah, why don't you come as well? Which one, Mariana? Which? A, B, C, or D? A. Mimi. Which one do you want? A, you can choose which one you want. A, B, C, or D? C. Caleb. B or D? B. B. Elijah. D. Okay. Now, I want you to go, go back and count how many you've got. Actually, just stay up here. Count count how many you've got in in your bag. Once once you've counted them, tell me. Three. How many did you get, Mimi? Seven. I got three. Three? Mariana? Mm -hmm. How many do you think you've got now? What's that? Fifteen. Uh, it's not 15, it's about four. Sorry, I misheard you. Um, ten. 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 Wow. Now, Elijah, are you content with ten? Are you content with ten? 
You happy with ten? Not really. Not really. <laughs> Caleb, are you happy with three? Content with three? Caleb's content. Mimi, are you happy with how many you got? Yeah, Mariana? Yeah, well done. Brilliant. Go and have a seat. Go and have a seat. Now, don't eat them yet. Don't eat them yet, because we're going to learn what to do with stuff that we're content with. Okay? Now, there was a man called Jeremiah Burroughs, um, and he was a, a pastor in the 17th century, a very long time ago, and he wrote a book all about this one verse that Paul has written down, Philippians chapter 4.11. It's called The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. And he says this, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. And he said that that sentence that he wrote down is like a box of precious ointment, or we might call it a bag of lovely sweets. And then he spends the whole of his book thinking about each little bit of contentment. So only the Puritans could do things like that. They were very impressive. We're not going to do that this morning, but we're just going to look at two little things he said. You see, he says, contentment delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal. Do you know what that means? That basically means saying, God is great. And I'm going to rejoice that God is great. It means saying, God is my heavenly father. He loves me. He knows what I need. He gives me just the right things at just the right time in just the right way. A bit like Jesus said. Jesus says, your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So how do we learn to be content in every situation. We can't just keep telling ourselves, God is great, he's given me enough. God is great, he's given me enough. We need God's help. Which is why he says, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit. In other words, God needs to change me inside my heart by his Holy Spirit to help me to be content. So, Remember, you shall not covet does not mean you shall not want. It's not wrong to want a nice house or to want to do well at school or to want to earn money or to want to get married or have children or to want to have people at work say to us, well done, great job, or to want to go on nice holidays. But only the Spirit can make us content with what we have. The Spirit helps us not to grumble about what we haven't got. The Spirit helps us to not to worry about what we want. The Spirit helps us not to obsess about what we don't own. And it's through Christ who gives us strength. Jesus helps us. Here are two ideas what we can do if we're content, if you're holding a bag of sweets, okay? Contentment makes us generous with what we've got. So maybe if you've been given a lot, you could be generous and give some of it away. You might like to do that. You might not actually like the sweets. I'm not sure I bought the nicest packet. <laughs> Contentment also makes us ambitious for God. It says, God has given me this. How can I use this for him? Well, we have got to the end of our journey through the Ten Commandments. Do you know when we started with commandment number one? February 2022. Quite a long time ago. We've got through all ten. Well done. God shows us the best way to live. We can't keep these perfectly. Do you know who did? Jesus did. Jesus was the most contented person who ever lived. And because he was the most contented person who ever lived, 
He was the most generous person who ever lived. What did he do? He didn't just give someone a bag of sweets. He gave the world his life. And Jesus was the most ambitious person who ever lived. What did he do? He came into the world to save sinners like you and me so we can be friends with God. All because he was content with who he was and with his father's love for him. Contentment, coveting says God's not good. He hasn't given me that. But contentment says God is great. He's given me enough. So as we finish, why don't we say this together? These verses from Philippians chapter 4. Shall we say them together? I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Dear Lord, please forgive us for when we covet stuff, and when we think you're not very good, you haven't given me that. And please help us by your Holy Spirit to be content on the inside, to say you are great and you've given me enough. Please help us. Amen. I'm going to invite Nush, who's going to come and lead us in prayer.